If you have your Bibles with you this morning, I want you to turn them to 2 Kings chapter 4. 2 Kings chapter 4, and, and then we're going to go in over into the New Testament in the Gospel of John. 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 1 through 4. We read in Scripture that the wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that he revered the Lord. But now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as his slaves. Elisha responded to her, How can I help you? How can I help you? Tell me what you have in your house. Now, I want you to, I, I'm going to get into this a little bit deeper, but I want you to pause. I want you to think about what just happened there. Elisha said, what can I do to help you? Elisha is a type of Christ. A type, he is not the Christ, but he is a type of Christ in this Old Testament illustration. He says, how may I help you? He asked the lady a question. Then he says, what do you have in your house? A few months ago, I preached a message from the same portion of Scripture. And in that, you know, you know, we have more at our hands. We have more in our house than we possibly ever realize that we have. God has given us more. I'm not talking about literally in your house. I'm talking about in your capacity. It's amazing what God has already given us if we will use it. Your servant has nothing there at all, she said, except a small jar of olive oil. Elisha said, go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. Then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons and pour oil into all the jars. And as each is filled, put it to one side. Wow. Key word there is filled. Pour oil in until each one of those is filled. If you go to John chapter 2. John chapter 2 on a on the third day a wedding took place at Cana in Galilee. We know this is Jesus' first miracle. Jesus' mother was there and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, They have no more wine. Woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied. My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Don't you just love moms? Don't you just love moms? She said, You're going to have to do something. And then he said, it's not time for me to do anything. And then she turns around and tells the service, do whatever he tells you because she knows that he's going to do something. Moms are pretty special, you know. Do whatever he tells you, she said. Nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing. Each holding from 20 to 30 gallons or having a 20 to 30 gallon capacity. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. 
they filled them to the brim. Now, there are six similarities here in this these two scenarios. But in these similarities, there is these occurrences. Number one, a dilemma existed. But I want you to know there's a jar for every dilemma. A dilemma existed in both situations. The first situation, they ran out of oil. Now, oil is symbolic of the Spirit in Scripture. They, 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 they ran out of oil. They had no oil. This woman is about to lose everything she has. She could, she could not pay her. She's, her husband has died. She's about to lose her sons. This lady is in a dilemma. Then we look forward to the story of the account that we read from in John. We find a, a great festive uh, uh, festivity going on and understand a wedding was a tremendous a wedding was probably one of if not in the most prominent gathering or party that was known or social gathering in that time a wedding was a big deal weddings are still big deals today uh, for the most part weddings are huge weddings are big and all of a sudden uh, and, and when you when you consider the Jewish wedding and in Jewish celebration and in Jewish ceremonies, wine and bread were two integral parts of any Jewish ceremony, but all of a sudden they ran out of wine. The ceremonial wine. The wedding wine. Now the wedding is in a dilemma. You and I in our lives from time to time find ourselves in a dilemma too. You and I find ourselves in situations and circumstances that are out of our control and we can't really do anything about and we need to call on the Lord to help us in those situations. Thank God. Thank God for a woman that called on Elisha. Thank God for for uh, Jesus, for Mary, the mother of Jesus that came to him and said, Hey, we're, we run out of wine. Thank God for the person that told Mary. That's the first similarities of these dilemmas. The second similarity in these two dilemmas uh, is this. The second of these similarities is this. Others are affected by the dilemmas that we have. You are not alone in your dilemma. Your dilemma affects somebody else. Possibly your spouse. Possibly. Possibly your children, quite possibly your co-workers, uh, your extended family. It could go on and on. These ladies' son, this lady's son was at risk. Her sons were at risk of being taken into slavery. So not only was this woman in a dilemma, but because of her dilemma, now her sons are feeling the effects of the dilemma. The wedding was being interrupted. It was, it just wasn't a fact that we, oh, we ran out of wine. We don't have any more wine. Somebody said, well, y'all don't have, just have to drink Kool-Aid or something else. It wasn't that. No, 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 no. The whole wedding, understand, this wedding was a very lengthy, it wasn't like, you know, our weddings, you know, here, you, people's got big weddings, you know, Pam and Dave, 
David had one here a few months ago and, and, and it lasts all of about 10 minutes, you know, you work hours and weeks and, and all, and, and all that compare, compares together and in 10 minutes, boom, the wedding itself sober. Weddings weren't like that in this day. But running out of wine interrupted not only, uh, uh those that were seeking it in that moment, but it interrupted the entire wedding process. Basically, the wedding had to come to a halt. You see, and and dilemmas in our life not only affect us, but they affect us and others around us and our entire surroundings as such, if you would. You see, we're not in this world and you're not on this journey of life. Even if you're not a believer, even if you've never been saved in this room this morning or you're watching live stream and you've never been saved, you are not on this journey by yourself. The the third thing that occurs in these six similarities is the need was voiced by someone else. I've already touched on this. In the Old Testament illustration, it was the wife of the prophet. In in the New Testament illustration, it's the mother of Jesus. But the need is voiced by someone else. Fourthly, the need was heard in both illustrations. In, In the first illustration, Elisha, which is, again, a type of Christ. He's a type of Christ in the Old Testament. Elisha heard the need. In the New Testament, Jesus heard the need. Then we come to the fifth thing. In the fifth thing, jars or vessels were present. Heath, I need you to come up here and help me, please. If you would, John, if you would, if you don't mind helping Heath, I want you to carry that that table right here for me. This this things that are on it. If you you know come along with it and then set the blue bucket over here in a moment. Jars were present in both circumstances or vessels, depending on the English versions that you're reading. So jars or vessels were present, and as these vessels are present. Uh, I want you to understand what a vessel is. A, a vessel, very simply put, a vessel is a container. A vessel is a container. Now, these are sort of similar. We have some big earthen ones upstairs that we've used for different things. And I didn't want to climb up an attic this morning to retrieve one. But these are different. I mean, this one is more round. It's obviously smaller. This one is sort of a square one. It's larger and it actually, it actually is embossed. It has writing on it. And, and then this one is, this one is real big in comparison to the others and, and, and it's a little bit more designer look to it and even has a lid. But they're all vessels. They're all vessels, but yet they're all different. You see, but, A vessel is a container. All three of those objects are containers. So, is a jar a jar a jar? Not really. 
Some of you all probably have your favorite jar at home. Some of you all probably have your favorite drinking glass. Now, I know some of y'all got your favorite coffee mug. Mine's sitting in there on my desk. Yeah. And next to my cell phone, uh, and as far as stuff, if, if I leave the house and I don't have my cell phone in the mornings and I don't have my, my, my little coffee container, it might, it's, 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 they mess up my whole day. You know, it's like they, they're glued together, they're wired together. Sometimes Sarah will say, where'd you leave your mug? Oh, I left my mug at the church or I left my mug out in the car. She said, well, I made you some coffee and I put it in your other mug. It's never the same. It's never the same. So when I find my other mug, then I take what she's made and I pour it over into the real mug. Okay? So a jar is not just a jar, it's a jar. Uh, jars of that of the era that we're reading about in Scripture were very unique. Understand, these jars, you can go buy a case of, of canning jars and all of those are going to look pretty much alike. But, but back in the day when, when, when this was written... Back in that day, jars were actually probably, uh, as far as we know, they were all hand-carved. They were clay. They either were formed on a pottery wheel or they were formed out of stone. Some may consider uh, uh, bags made of skins has jars, and that's okay too. But none of the none of them, no two of them looked exactly alike. And guess what? As much as you would wish that that the world did, there's not two of us in this room that look exactly alike. There's no two of us in this room. Nobody looks exactly like you. Even identical twins, there's usually something that can be used to differentiate the between identical twins. So every jar was different. Every jar is still different today. The last thing that was common in both of these Old Testament and the New Testament illustrations is the vessels were filled to the brim. The vessels were filled to the brim. There was a coffee company that had a commercial a number of years ago, some of you older people will remember this. I don't even remember what the brand it was. I probably wasn't old enough to drink coffee back then. But but it talked about a certain coffee and you feel that coffee, you filled it to the brim. Anybody remember that? Or is it just me? What was it? I don't know. I don't remember. What was it? What was it? Yeah, I remember that in two AK. But they were filled to the brim. When we begin to look in Luke chapter one and verse fifteen, you find that Jesus is an illustration of the importance of being filled up. Because in Luke chapter one and verse fifteen, we find there that Jesus was full of the Spirit. He was filled with the Spirit. Now, if Jesus needs to be filled with the Spirit, guess who else needs to be? Mm -hmm. Go figure. In Acts chapter 4, in verse number 8, you can read there the account of the apostles and as the apostles were filled 
with the Spirit. If the apostles need to be filled with the Spirit, guess who else needs to be? In Acts chapter 13 and 52, we read there that the the disciples were filled with the Holy Spirit. If the disciples need to be wait a minute, guess who else is disciples? Me and you, if we're following Jesus, are disciples. And, 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 And He desires, the Lord desires to fill us with the Holy Spirit. He wants us to be full of the Holy Spirit. Now there are advantage of, advantages to having a full vessel. There's advantages to having a full vessel. I, I tried this at home. And I, I, and I, I don't trust that it works here. But if it don't work here, you'll still get the point. Different vessels. All of us look different. All of us, none of us really look the same. We're different shapes. We're different sizes. We're, you know, we're, we're, none of us are the same. But every one of us in our life, there, there are things that creep into our life. It could be, um, it can be troubles and problems. It could be bad decisions. It could be, it could just, Quite honestly, it could just be laziness. It could be, uh, it, it could be, uh, unconcern. It could be that we've lost our zeal for the Lord. But stuff creeps into every one of our lives. But when we are filled, when we are filled with the Spirit, when we are filled with the Spirit, here's what happens. Everything begins to come to the top. And when it comes to the top, see, I can't get my hand down in there to get those out. I don't have to do something with that, sir. When we're filled with the Spirit, it doesn't matter how big we are. It doesn't matter how mighty we are. It doesn't matter really how strong you are. When you're filled with the Spirit, the junk of life, and I, and these this this is the junk of life. This one here, it's a big guy. It's a big guy, but he's full of junk. And when you're filled with the Spirit. It begins to bring things to the top. It even begins to push some stuff out. When we're filled with the Spirit, things begin to change in our life. This, this, the need of, of, of this woman in Elisha's world was, was she needed to fill her vessels with oil. She needed to fill them all the way up. He said, fill them to the fullness. Fill them to the brim. Jesus tells, uh, the people there at the wedding supper, at the marriage supper, He tells them to go and take those large vessels and fill them to the brim. Listen. When a vessel is filled up, it will pour over and spill out. And it will push out the stuff that doesn't need to be there. 
But not only does that happen, but I had Sarah bring me this pan from, uh, and I'm sorry I overdid the pan, but, but the pan is there because you know what happened in this pan? Is the pan's filled up as well because what was in here began to spill over. And in our lives, what we do is when we get filled with the Spirit, it pushes out the stuff in our life that doesn't need to be there, and then it will begin to spill over into another vessel, and then that vessel can come full and it will pour over into another vessel and that's what we used to call revival you know somehow in our mind we got all messed up we thought we we got thinking a revival is some guy in a three-piece suit carrying a a a a guitar years ago it was accordion y'all remember them accordion preachers you know years ago love carolyn hilliard remember carolyn used to play one and, and nothing wrong with any of those things. But revival does not come from preachers. Revival does not come from three, four, seven, or even, even three years of, of services every night. Revival comes when we are filled with the Spirit and it begins to pour, push out of us what doesn't need to be there and it begins to pour over or spill out and pour into other people's life. That is truly what revival is. So when you are a full when you are a full vessel, God will use you to provide for the dilemma at hand. You see, Elisha said, "What do you have in your house?" She said, "Oh, I've got some empty jars." She said, I, "Or she said, I don't have anything." He said, "Go gather you some jars." I don't have anything. We'll go gather you some jars. Jesus at the wedding supper. Well, we're we're out of we're out of wine. He says, Go get those big those big jugs, 20, 30 gallon jugs. Takes two men to carry them. Go get those. Fill them up. Fill them to the brim. You see, when we are filled up, God God makes the supply out of the vessel being filled. And see, you and I cannot count on God using us. And and how many of us, I mean, let's face it. Okay, we're Pentecostals, you know, in our faith. And I I just want God to use me. We sang that song this morning, Show Me Your Glory. We That wasn't strategically planned, at least not by me. But but show me your glory, God. I want to look upon your face. I I want to be, and then I prayed and I said, God, use us. But, But we want God to use us, but we don't want to be filled for Him to use us. You see, when God said, find the vessels, He didn't say just find the vessels, but He said, fill the vessels. He wants us to be full. He wants us to be to be overrunning in the Holy Spirit. Because a full vessel, the other stuff gets pushed out. When you're a full vessel, you spill over into the lives of other people. In Acts chapter in Acts chapter 19, and I didn't put it all on the overhead, but in Acts chapter 19, I want to read to you the first six verses. Apollos was at Corinth. Paul took the the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples and he asked them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They answered, No. 
We've not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So Paul asked, then what baptism did you receive? John's baptism, they replied. Paul said John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him. That is in Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. That's speaking of water baptism. When Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke in tongues and they prophesied. Let me tell you, explain the situation to you just a little bit here of what happened. Paul is encountering these people that had not yet heard the plan of salvation and uh, the working of the Holy Spirit has was fulfilled through Jesus Christ. They had been baptized, but they had been baptized under the baptism of John, with John the forerunner of Christ. And, and John even baptized Jesus, if we remember the scripture. They weren't aware of what treasure lay before them. They weren't aware of what was available to them. You know, I, I know we've heard, there, there's been more gospel messages preached probably in this generation than any other generation before in our life. It's on the inner net, it's on the outer net, it's on the upper net and the lower net. It's on the TV, it's on the radio, it's no longer on cassettes because nobody has cassette players anymore, but it's still around somewhere, I guess. It's on DVD, it's on CD, it's on Blu-ray, it's on Roku, it's on Dish, it's on Direct, it's everywhere you go. The gospel of Jesus Christ is filling the airways that we live, but yet, to me, it seems as though there's some people that still have not got the message that it's not not about good works it's not about how good i am but it's about jesus saves jesus saves jesus saves and he wants to fill us with his holy spirit and it's not about the stuff we do the rituals we go to the routines we go through it's not about any of that at all but it's all about the power of jesus that is fulfilled in us through the working of the holy spirit So in a world full of dilemma, and man, if we don't live in a world full of dilemma, I don't know who else may have. Every generation has had its problems. Every generation, the the, the social sins of our day, no, they're not, they're not completely unheard of because we know what happened in, to the great cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. But yet, to see them on the scale, to see everything on the scale that we're experiencing them, especially firsthand right here in this great land that we live in. To see, to see the, the, uh, the, uh, the absence of, of ethics, to see the absence of integrity, to see, to see the dishonesty and the immorality that's in, that, that is all around us, that surrounds our presence. Man, I got news for you. We're in a dilemma. But in the midst of the the dilemma, I believe there's still a remnant. I believe there's still a church that the Lord Jesus Christ is raising up. And He needs the church to be full of the Spirit. He needs the church to, to find itself in the midst of all of the dilemma. 
all of the dilemma that's going on. All of the dilemma that is happening all around us. And, and it's, and it's clouding our life. It's filling up our life. We, we can, you know, uh, you younger people, I don't know what I'm going to talk about right now. But there used to be, people used to grease their hair down. Now they, you know, they used to use a stuff called Brill Cream. AK probably used Brill Cream back when he had hair. And Brill Cream had a slogan. It said, just a little dab will do. Just a little dab. Sometime we want just enough of Jesus. You, you know, you know our problem is, is as believers sometimes, we want, we want just enough to Jesus to know that we're not going to go to hell. But we don't want enough of Jesus to know that, that He's going to deliver us from the dilemmas. Mm-hmm. We want enough of Jesus to know that we're not going to go to hell, but we want to, don't want enough of Jesus that, to know that, that, that we don't be sanctified and consecrated. We want enough of Jesus to make us feel good. You know, I have a bad habit. You know, I, and you're to look at me, you're going to say, no, the pastor don't have any bad habits. Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah. But I don't go to the doctor very often, do I? Especially when I go to the doctor and I have lab work and they send me a bill and say it was $2,000. That's why I don't go to the doctor. And that happened. I go to the doctor and they give me one of these Z-Packs. Is that what they're called? Z-Packs. Or a bottle of pills. And they'll say, take these for ten days. Well, in three days I get feeling better. Well, what's use keep taking that? I'll save that for another time. And I'll quit taking it. I don't take ten days worth. I took three days worth. And then a week later I got a back set of it. And you go back and you have to go back to the doctor and say, Well, I thought we, you know, didn't that first round I well, I didn't take it all, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes in our in our Christian experience, you know, oh Lord, y'all still love me, don't you? Three of you do. That's good. Three, for the three of you that love it. Listen, sometimes we want just enough of Jesus to get by. We want, we, just like I take three pills makes me feel a little bit better. We want just enough to Jesus to make us feel just a little bit better. And we don't even get halfway out of our dilemma. So we'll say, ah, give me just a little bit more. Give me a little bit more. But we're still not where we could be. You know, we, most of us are where we want to be. But we're not where we could be in the Lord. Don't worry about this. This is, this is pure West Virginia water come right out of the Bluefield water system. So that's not going to hurt the carpet. Holy water. But see... We need a deluge. We, we need that, we need that outpouring. We need that tremendous, we, we need that, that poured out so far in our lives that it pushes all of this stuff out and it's overflowing and, and, and even spilling out onto the green, whatever it's called, turquoise carpet. But you know what? 
When I go back and I read the Old Testament account that I shared with you this morning, and I read the New Testament account that I shared with you this morning, I find out that Jesus didn't fill the water pots, and Elisha didn't fill the the oil vessels. He didn't fill the cruises. I found out that in both the illustrations that they went out, the, the victims, if you would, the person that need, had the need, that Elisha said, go gather the jars and fill them up and set them aside. Jesus said, go get the water parts pots and fill them up to the brim. I found out that he left a responsibility of being filled up to the people in the dilemma. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I need I need the Lord to fill me. I need the Lord to fill me. I'm just waiting, Lord. Come on in, Jesus. But we haven't fasted a meal. We haven't spent any time in prayer. We haven't cracked the pages of His Word. We haven't darkened the doors of a church to be in worship service. We filled our life with ping pong balls. You get what I mean? See, this is the work of the Lord. This bucket is. The problem's in the jars. But you know what? I didn't bring one with me. I should have. If I put a lid on that vessel... I used to pray, honest confession. Old brother Pete Davis used to say, honest confession was good for the soul, but it's bad for the reputation. Honest confession. I used to pray a lot. I'd pray for people to be saved. And I'd pray, I'd say, Lord, I want you to deal with, and I'll use AK. Lord, I want you to deal with AK's heart. Lord, I want the Holy Spirit to convict him. Lord, I want you to just, Lord, just to deal with him and blah, blah, blah. And I'd pray like that. And, and, and one day I, I received, I considered a revelation from the Lord. And the Lord checked me in my spirit. He said, why are you asking me that? That's my job. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. You know, we talk all the time about devil. The devil's going to and fro seeking whom he may devour. You understand that the Holy Spirit is work at work in the earth and he is convicting mankind of their sin. I said, oh Lord, I'm sorry. It's like Jesus was saying, don't be asking me to do something I'm already doing. But I changed my prayer. And my prayer, my prayer became one, Lord, let AK's ears be open to hear your gospel. Lord, let AK's spirit be receptive to what you are speaking into his spirit. Lord, don't let AK's heart be hardened against your gospel. 
Lord, I know you're working. I acknowledge you're working and you're moving to and fro throughout the earth, convicting the hearts of men, women, boys and girls. God, I pray they don't turn deaf ears and harden their hearts to you. Because, because sometimes, in fact, it's not sometimes, it's all the time right here is actually the difficulty. We've shut him out. Be ye filled with the Spirit. It occurs dozens of times we find that in the New Testament. Be ye filled. May not say it in those exact words. But whether it's written or implied. Throughout the New Testament church. And that's us. We find the instruction to be filled with the Spirit. So you in a dilemma? Is our world in a dilemma? Is the church world, listen, is the church world, and I still believe in the church. I'm a churchman. I believe in the assembly of the church. I believe in the work of the assembly. I believe in the church. Don't misunderstand me. But, but I, when I, when I hear that nine out of ten churches are, are on the brink of extinction within five years. And every single week, by no exaggeration, I talk to preachers, pastors of the gospel, and they tell me we don't know how much longer we will be able to keep our doors open. The church is also in a dilemma. We've been praying. Churches all over have been praying for revival. And we need to keep praying for revival. But understand this. We are the vessels. Some of us are short. Some of us are fat. I qualify for both. Some of you are tall. Some of you are pretty. And short. I won't say anything else. Some of you are like John. I ain't gonna mention, you know, where, what category he falls under, you know. But listen, every single one of us in this room are vessels. We're created in the image and likeness of God. And He wants to fill us with His Spirit. But that decision. Lies within us. Amen. Madison, if you go back up, y'all go back up. So the ping pong balls of life, the dilemmas of life. Maybe they're not, maybe your vessel's not dry, but maybe they're, maybe it's just part of the way up. Yeah, I'm a Christian preacher. I'm a Christian, but I I still got a lot of problems. Still got a lot of stuff going on. Still got a lot of stuff happening in my life. You see, even when even when a vessel's half full, you still can have a lot of stuff gathering. This. this is 
If this is too simple for you, I apologize. I'm simple. When the vessel is full, problem A comes along. Problem B comes along. Problem C comes along. Problem D comes along. Problem E comes along. When you're full, everything works a lot better. Even this one is still hanging around. You know what? It's right on the top. So I hope this morning you see the advantage of being filled to the brim. Filled to the brim. I don't ask you and John if you all would to clean up my mess up I've made here. You know, I clean it up and set it off to the side for me if you would please, sir. And I'm going to ask the rest of you if you all would just to bow your heads and close your eyes. I heard one spout fellow say the other day, he said, or bow your eyes and close your heads, but whichever you do. As we give reverence to the Lord and, and consideration one to another with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, I just wonder if, if there's someone in this room today, number one, if you're not saved, if you're not saved, there is no way that you're filled with the Holy Spirit. You can't be filled with the Spirit if you don't know Jesus. The greatest need anybody can have in this room is not a need of healing. It's not a need of financial uh, deliverance or, or anything. Like that. The greatest need that can exist in this church this morning is the need of salvation. Maybe you're in this room and you've you've let your relationship with the Lord wax cold. And maybe maybe you've drifted far away. You've become prodigal. You've wandered away from home. You need to come back. But if either of those apply to you today without any embarrassment, without any humiliation. And I'm not being critical of you by any means. I'm not saying you're a bad person. We've all sinned and fell short of the glory to God. We've all had to be renewed. We've all had to to to, to, to make a new commitment and rededicate ourselves to the Lord at times. We've all had to get saved for that very first time. If you're in this room and you need to be saved or you need to rededicate your life without embarrassing you, I want you to raise your hand real quickly for me. Anybody in this room? Anybody at all? Okay. Now I want to ask you one more question. Continue to be reverent with your heads bowed and eyes closed. Consider it to those that are around you. If you're in this room and the dilemmas, the, the dilemmas of life are overwhelming you. The dilemmas of life seemingly will not go away. They will not vanish. The struggle is real. Paul said, I do. He said, even though I know I shouldn't, he said, I still do the things that I know I shouldn't be doing. Paul struggled. We all have our struggles. But Paul also was full of the Holy Spirit. Paul also instructed people to be full of the Holy Spirit. So if you're in this room this morning and 
overwhelming. Dilemmas of life are just overwhelming you. They're overtaking you. Would you just slip up your hand so I know to pray for you? Anybody at all? Right. Thank you. Thank you. Any others? How many in this room look up this look here at me? How many in this room right now? And if you really don't mean it, I will ask you this. If you really don't mean it, don't uh, don't raise your hand if you really don't mean it. But how how many of you really, really, truly, how many of you really, truly want to be full of the Holy Spirit? Now I'm not talking about just to holler and hoop and run and shout. I mean, you want to be full of the Holy Spirit. How many, how many of y'all do? Man, man, that's good. That's good. That's good. But if you couldn't raise your hand, that's okay. It's okay. It's not good, but it's okay. Because we'll pray for you that you will have the desire to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Those of you that want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, I want you to stand to your feet right now. And we're going to begin to pray. And we're going to submit ourselves to the Lord. You know, they used to use expressions like open up the windows of heaven and pour out blessings. And that's, you know, Malachi referred to that in giving, you know, faithfulness and giving. We used to hear about being under the spout where the glory comes out. You remember that one? Yeah. We used to, we used to talk about being in a, being in a deluge of the Holy Ghost, you know, a, a spiritual deluge. Uh, you know, recently one of, one of the contemporary artists put out a song that was called Waterfall about being under the waterfall of God and just being, just being, uh, saturated with the water that has, it comes out of the waterfall. Listen, I, I, I don't, it's not really necessarily important to me what mental picture you get, but I want you to understand this. God is wanting to pour in you and on you and all over you and wanting to spill out of you today. And if that's what you really sincerely desire as you're standing to your feet, I just want you to begin right now, if you can, and you will, right with raised hands and lifted voices and begin to declare and ask the Lord, Lord, I want to be filled with your spirit. I desire to be filled with your Holy Ghost. I desire to be over flooded and overrun with your spirit, God. Lord, I desire, Lord Jesus, I desire, Lord, for you to wash out all of the dross. All I desire you to wash out all of the imperfections, Lord. I desire you to wash every table tennis ball out of my life, Lord God. I desire every ping pong ball to be gone, Lord. I desire, Lord, for all the troubles and the cares, all the dilemmas of this life, Lord. Lord, to to, to, to vanish away, to be exhausted from my life. Lord, I want to be filled with you. Lord, I want to be so full of you, Lord God, that it's bubbling over me, Lord, and bubbling out of me, Lord. I want to be so full of you, Lord God, that, that, that it's, that it's uh, out of me is, the scripture is being fulfilled, that out of my belly will flow rivers of living water, God. I want to be so full of your spirit, God. So grant it, Jesus. <coughs> grant it, Jesus. Grant it, Jesus. In this room right now. Grant it in this room right now, Jesus. Some of y'all being filled right now. Some of y'all getting all filled up right now. Let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and get filled up right now. Some of y'all just getting filled up right now. 
I'll be glad to pray with you, but you don't really need anybody to slap you on the back, spit in your face, and say, hold on. Somebody else to say, turn loose right where you're at. Just raise your hands to heaven. It's just you and God. And right now, He is desiring to fill you because He wants to give you good gifts to some of you right now. There's a deluge happening in your spirit. You're being... The Holy Ghost is pouring in and out on you all right now. In this place. Lord, Lord, let us be to overflow. Lord, let us be to the brim. Lord, let us be spilling over. Lord, let us be spilling over right now. Lord, let us be spilling over, Lord God. Let us... Lord, let some in, let, let others, Lord, begin to, to experience the overflow. God, let some begin to experience the overflow right now, Lord, as, as, as we're spilling over in your spirit, Lord. Lord, may Blue Well, Brush Fork, Princeton, Bluefield, Falls, Falls Mills, Pocahontas, Welch, Bramble, Lord, may, may these, may, may the places where we go to, may they begin to feel the overflow of your spirit as you fill us in this room today. 